Welcome to another gathering of the Gold Key Adventurers Society. Have a seat by the fire as we prepare to help you unlock the secrets of the travel life. From theme park thrills to Purple Mountain's majesty, we want to see it all and do it all, and we want to help you do the same. We all have those bucket list trips, once in a lifetime destinations that we'll get to someday. We're here to help you make your travel dreams a reality. Buy the ticket, take the trip. Where do you want to go? Come on, come on, come on, now tell me what's on your bucket list. Okay, hey, okay, hey. It's a beautiful day. Okay, hey, okay, hey. It's a beautiful day. Welcome back to another meeting of the Gold Key Adventurer Society. Hi, Dan. Joining me this week in the studio is Heather Strait. Hello. And Mr. Dr. Jeffrey Williams, Esquire, DDM. The third. <laughs> Hi there, guys. Hey, Jeff. Three of you, huh? That's a lot. That's a lot of Jeff. Our show, as always, is brought to you by Key to the World Travel. Key to the World Travel is a full-service travel agency specializing in theme parks, cruising, and destinations around the world. Head to www.keytotheworldtravel.com for more details and a no-obligation quote on the vacation of a lifetime. Well, it's scary how much news we have to cover this week, starting with... So much. See what you did there, Dan. That was clever. Yeah, you like that? But really, we've got a ton of news to cover. Disney just announced the reopening date for Fantasmic. At Finally. At Hollywood Studios. And it's really soon. It's only been closed since 1997. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it. Yeah. Although they didn't really release... Not the date exactly. A date. They just said November 2022, which Probably is November a very... 30th. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's a very wide window there, which they like to do. I wonder if they'll do any soft... Opening type performances. Your favorite kind of moist. <laughs> well, you get both of those at Fantasmic, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, yes, you do. Yeah. I don't know. They haven't said anything about that. All they said is Is this one of the last shows to reopen? I'm shocked that Hoopty Doopty Doo opened before, before this. Before this, yeah. Yeah. And we've got the new Nemo show is open. As far as I call it, the Numo show. Yes. (laughs) And then Festival of the Lion King is open. Even back to its original form, right? Yeah. I think we're getting close to everything being back. So close. Is Beauty and the Beast back? I cannot remember. I know that's one that... What about Little Mermaid? Did that go away permanently? Well, no, it went away with... COVID times, I, I couldn't remember if they'd pulled it before the COVID or what, but it's not, I don't know if it's going to come back. Yeah. Seems I think like Beauty not. and the Beast is back and people were surprised because they were thinking that spot was ripe for a new show. Yeah. I mean that they continued with that during COVID and it was stupid. They just had yeah. the actors <laughs> yeah, performing six feet Beast apart. Beast had a huge mask on. <laughs> yeah. Both of those spots, if they want to stick with Disney Broadway shows, they've got plenty of material now that they could yeah. swap out. Or even they could swap it out. Like rotate mm-hmm. on a I like the Aladdin show they used to do out at California Adventure. That was really good. Yeah, everybody liked that and wishes it would come back. What, they switched funny. that over to Frozen before COVID, right? I don't know if that came back out there. I think that switched over to something else before that, too, or didn't it? 
I can't remember. It's been down for a while. That's the one where Jeannie did like improv, right? Yeah, he was Mm -hmm. so good. It was great. Yeah, I never saw it myself, but everybody seems to enjoy it or have fond memories of it, that is. Well, I'm glad the show's coming back. All those shows and things are crowd eaters, and we need more of that to take the pressure off the lines at these parks. Yes. Especially now that you're paying for Jeannie. That's right. Yes. Yes, we are. And we're getting more and more restaurants back open. We're down to just a few still closed. And the good news, well, as we're recording two days from now, Monsieur Paul at the France Pavilion will be open back up (laughs) and they got a fresh new menu. I don't Mm -hmm. really know what the old menu looked like, so I can't tell you from looking at it. How's It's good. I, it's a solid restaurant. I, it's excellent. They've gone to that prefix thing that everybody yeah. is doing, and it's twice as expensive as it needs to be, but I'll still go because it's pretty amazing food. Monsieur Paul is a great restaurant. I have only eaten there a couple of times, but I was very happy with it both times. So now the prefix menu is a gastronomic meal of the French. It starts off with aperitif and an amuse-bouche, mm-hmm. which in this case is some champagne and a cheese puff. I love a nice, mm. hilarious bouche. Bougers are yummy. course, mm. you choose one from the selection. It looks like a cargo. Those are snails, you guys. Yeah, I like snails. <laughs> Sir, there are snails on my plate. <laughs> also, a mussels soup and a lobster salad are the other options for that course. A fish course where you can choose from sea bass and puff pastry, seared scallops. Kick his ass, sea bass. <laughs> Velouté and That's snapper. I wonder if Heather should have done this story. Why? Because she's good at the fancy ass French. And <laughs> I don't, she said, I don't bother she trying. started off by saying monster. <laughs> <laughs> that that might yep. have been intentional. That was a little bit of a clue. Monster Paul. Yeah. Meat course, you can have a rack Ooh, of lamb. I like Yellow. the lamb. My favorite edible rack. Chicken fricassee with morels or beef tenderloins. There yeah, all of these look terrific. Cheese course and uh, some desserts that sound delicious. Oh, they all sound delicious. Sphere de chocolat. So that's like that thing, the round thing you pop open and it has the melty goo inside, I'm yes. guessing. Yes. Yeah. It's like taking lava cake to the next level. Lava dome. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that one of the Mad Max movies? I think it was Beyond Lava Dome. I like, though, that the they've got the full... You don't just say, I want the sphere for dessert. You've got to have the entire list in fancy-ass French. Yeah, would you read that there. to us, Heather? Sphere de chocolat au lait, glace au chocolat, sauce tiède au chocolat, et cognac. Oh, really? It's like That's exactly how it is. Cake with chocolate mousse inside a dome with chocolate ice cream and cognac sauce. And now I will mm. translate that into Southern, y'all. Yeah, let's hear it. Sphere de chocolat au lait, glace <laughs> au chocolat. Sauce teed au chocolate et cognac. That's sauce tied. Rotad. <laughs> there you go. Wow. For a second, I thought we had uh, Hank Hill on the show there. <laughs> it all sounds great, and I'm excited. I, I, what I think this is a, an indication that they're getting the international cast back, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yes. Getting more of these restaurants open. 
October 18th. And I think I saw, wasn't this like $90 a person that I dreamed that? Or was it more? $190. I think it's like $200 a person. Is it $200 a person that? It's, I remember it is thinking a pretty it was a lot. extensive. But then I remembered I don't care because I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> this restaurant, oh, here it is. This restaurant falls into the $4 sign category, which means the meal is over $60. It's $4? That seems like a yeah. bargain. They haven't listed the exact price, but the a year ago, the prefix menu was about $175. So it's probably going to be somewhere that in that range. That was I'm the year before it closed. Before the- yeah, the during the last year that it was open before COVID. Yeah, I'm going to guess it was more. It's going to be more now than it was then. I would. It's a pretty extensive menu with a lot of courses, so that would Let's not see. be surprising. Here's another article about the reservations being open. Let's see if it's got the price in there. One seventy-five per person. Yeah. Oh yeah. Only available to guests age ten and up. I love this, and I saw yes. all these people crying about it on the and fan sites. I'm like, it, why? And it is going to have a dress code. Oh, interesting. Does it say what the dress code is? Just that men have yeah, to wear pants. Yeah, I read pants? the dress code. It's like don't wear your swimsuit, basically. Oh yeah, really. It's- all There's, the other signatures where they make it sound like you've got to get really dressy, yes, but it's not. But actually, they just mean it's, don't hard roll to have in there a looking real like dress a dress code inside a park. Yeah. Although it says here that the dress code adheres to the restaurant's sophisticated and upscaled aesthetic. Mm-hmm. So don't I mean, come they in here say that chaps. about California Grill, too. And I see people mm-hmm. walking in yeah. there in shorts all the time. And this is a little bit different than other restaurants, too. Note, a $100 cancellation fee per person applies to no-shoes and cancellations within 72 hours. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, good. Then all those dining hoarders won't be scooping them up. We, two of the three of us here, have done that a couple times. We've had reservations for that place, and we canceled. Because it's like, well, it's pouring rain, and I don't feel like trudging to I don't to feel France. like going into the park, but <laughs> yeah. I will continue to call my... Uh, Special helper who can cancel those things without a fee for me. Yes. <laughs> well, lardy dar <darling> special. <laughs> Freaking a big yeah, yeah, <laughs> But no, <laughs> I, I money, like that it's, care of that it's a significant fee because the dining hoarding is a huge problem right now. Yeah, and it's, it's just, very it seems like it has gotten a, a thousand times worse in the last well, six months. Well, they need to go back to it has. the yeah. long range dining, I think. It's yeah. gotten to the it's gotten to the point where when I do dining for people, I tell them right away, I'll grab what I can, and then like a week before your trip, try I'll get again. really serious about it, and, and try that's again. when I'm going to get your meals because that's when they're going to show up. Is yeah. a week to two days before. That's what everybody's out. doing with everything. Like for uh, Disney Cruise Line when they launched the Australia things, everybody mm-hmm. just soft booked them up because why not? You don't lose I'll anything. Just give for- a chance, yeah. That's- yeah. It's- it's bullshit. It's really frustrating. It's hard. It was Don't hard be to believe that, guy, that listeners. Yeah, it was hard to believe that dining could get worse, but it's here it. we are. Here yeah. we are. Yeah. And shockingly, it's not Disney's fault, right? No. Yeah. Well, somehow it is. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. In a way, it is. <laughs> well, some exciting, some more exciting news. Uh, Magic Kingdom. Permits have been filed to start the re-theme of Splash Mountain to 
Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Mm-hmm. Tiana was Bayou. Say it will open in late 2024. That's right. Yes. The expiration date on this particular permit is actually June 30th, 2024. Oh, interesting. Does that expiration, that just means you have to start by then, doesn't it? It doesn't mean you have to be finished by then. Yeah, they can it? extend it or they can apply for right. a new yeah. uh, permits. But that gives at least an idea of timelines here. Work's going to be carried out by the company that did construction for Pandora mm-hmm. and also Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. And they did not specify when Splash Mountain would close for this to begin, but we're thinking probably January. That would make sense. That's when they always shut it down for refurb anyway. So keep it Mm, open through the holidays for those holiday crowds. I mean, yeah, and then just close it for that year. Yeah, it would be really foolish to close down a signature attraction at the during the holidays this year. Yeah, and. They're not going to bother doing their yearly refurb and then shut it down right. a month or two later. So that, that makes the best sense to me. That's all the news we have out of the Walt Disney parks. But uh, so let's take a look at some other travel stuff. Starting off with, we talk a lot on this show about the appalling behavior of passengers on airplanes. In- a survey done recently by The Vacationer and shared with Travel and Leisure asked passengers what they think about reclining seats, sharing armrests, more stuff like that. And it's a little bit surprising what they said. Everyone it- thinks it's rude. <laughs> 77% of travelers surveyed said they think it's rude to fully recline your seat. But... I really uh, never reclined mine at all, unless it happens accidentally. Uh, yeah, I don't either, because it, unless I'm on an overnight international flight, I don't see the point of it. But the my favorite part of this survey is that everyone said they think it's rude, but almost as many people said, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, well. <laughs> at least most of them said that they're going to ask first. Yeah, but I've never uh, had anyone is, ask which me. Which is funny, yes, because I've literally never had anyone ask if it was okay, ever. I am a tall person. I'm also a wide person, but my tallness makes it so that my knees, no matter which class of seat I'm sitting in, are touching the seat in front of me. Mm-hmm. So when someone leans back, that three, that two to three inches doesn't mean squat to them recline. Imagine you're in a chair and then you can lean two more inches back. That I know. Help. It, just, doesn't and it really make hurts sense. the person behind you. Yes. No. It doesn't make sense to me at all. Another behavior that they were asked about that I didn't realize was an issue was who gets to use the middle armrests. Now, when I'm granted, I tend to go for the window seat because I'm a child and I like to look outside <laughs> for the entire flight. Me too. I always just assume I'm going to use the outside armrest toward the window and then the middle seat person is going to use the armrest to my left and then the aisle seat is going to use the armrest to their right and the aisle armrest is no man's land because you're just going to get if you have your arm on that one you're just going to get it knocked all the time. That is that's exactly correct. That's how I've always looked at it. That's also how you do urinals. Yeah sure. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. Precisely. This article says that the common practice is to allow the middle person to use both middle armrests, which doesn't seem fair, I guess, because they're stuck in the middle with you. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's why they want that. But as a person, as a person who prefers an aisle seat, 
I don't like to have to use the aisle side armrest because you get banged up by anybody walking past by the yeah. beverage carts, all of that stuff. That's why I like the window seat mostly because I can lean into the wall and just fully lean and then cross my arms. And mm-hmm. the way you can do whatever with your armrest. I feel trapped unless I'm traveling with somebody that I know. That's why I never pick the middle seat. Yeah. If I'm traveling alone, I feel trapped in there. Good thing they don't have middle seats where you usually sit. Well, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the window seat is the way to go. And I don't care so much about looking out the window, though I do like to try to see Disney World and Universal on approach. But, yeah, they're leaning and getting out of the way of the person. Whatever city he's headed into. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what city you're headed yeah, into, you're see. looking for Universal and Disney World. you got to be really up high to see Disney World. I from think some I of these see other Spaceship cities. Earth, y'all. <laughs> Denver. This is Cleveland. Sir, this is Cleveland, and you're drunk. <laughs> they also asked about taking shoes off, and while 63% of travelers say they never take their shoes off, that seems to mean that I get the 40 something percent of people who are willing. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some really nasty stuff. I saw a guy clipping. Were you with me, Heather, when we saw yes. a toenail clipping person? Yes. Yeah. Foul. I've never wanted to slit someone's throat so bad in my life. I once saw a guy who took off his shoes. He was on the bulkhead, took off his shoes, and then stuck both of his feet up on the bulkhead on either side of his TV for the whole <laughs> flight. <laughs> with bare feet or sock with feet? bare feet. Blech. It was gross and ridiculous. Were they crusty? I didn't get close enough to see. I was behind him and to the right. But I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, if I'm on a really long flight, I might slip off a shoe if it's an easy on-off shoe, and I'll keep a sock on. But being barefoot, especially just sticking your feet all over the wall or other people's armrests, you're going to get a fork in your foot if you're near me. (laughs) Uh, The survey does point out that... uh Zoomers, those damn Zoomers, are much more likely to remove their shoes. Americans 18 to 29 years old, more than 45% have said that they've taken their shoes off. So at least we know who to blame. It's not the millennials. Hmm. (laughs) Damn Zoomers. I'm shaking my fist at them. I'm a Gen Xer and I have shoes permanently adhered to my feet. (laughs) Yeah, even when I'm at home, I rarely am without. Oh, I'm. I'm a shoes off. I'm always mm-hmm. barefoot at home. Yeah. Well shot at most times. Uh, <laughs> the survey does find that the most annoying guests for fellow passengers of, are, of course, seat kickers, seat kickers and disruptive drunks. Huh. Shocking. Weird. I'm both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, hey, at least you're aware. That means yeah. that there's room for growth. There's opportunity. For us all to just own it. Yeah, that's learn a, great a little, point. love a little, become better people. This next story, my my wife and my wife. <laughs> it was, you know how you can tell how old I am. That's like the third time I've done that in the last th- yeah. two weeks. She is number three. Don't finish that thought. <laughs> no. <laughs> She's very excited, was very excited to hear this. Delta customers can now earn Sky Miles at Starbucks and vice versa yes. on travel days. 
you can earn double stars at Starbucks. So I am get, all over this that's one. That's pretty cool. I would think yeah. with Kendra might be able to fly to Brazil soon. Well, I did the math. <laughs> it's going to take us a little while. You get one whole mile for every dollar spent ah. on eligible purchases at Starbucks. Yes, but the and, cool thing is that right off the bat, when you link your accounts together, you get 500 bonus miles on Delta and 150 stars on Starbucks. So yep, through December 31st of this immediately. I don't have points on. I don't do Starbucks. Well, now I feel bad. There's also another bonus starting in 2024. If you're a Diamond or Platinum Sky Miles member, one of your annual choice benefits can be. 4,000 stars to start off the year. So that's, oh, I don't have time to do that, but that's a lot of free coffee. What's the star rates? What's 4,000? Well, most drinks I think are 150. Snap, I'm doing that. Snack items are 75. It depends on what you choose. It used to be that you you could only redeem them for drinks, but now they've made it so that you can get snack items and they all have different stars. um, It's like, $400 $400 for some merchandise, a mug, uh, 400 stars, not $400, sorry. 200 stars for a sandwich, Good, 150 okay. stars for a drink, 50 stars for a bakery item. And mm, that this, lemon, the Starbucks lemon bread. Yeah. at my airport is right next to all the Delta gates, so I'll never be able mm-hmm. to get in there. Oh, yeah. Well, you got a mobile order. That's what I do at ours. That one allows it. Before I go through security, I put my mobile order in. And then as soon as I'm out of security, the Starbucks is right there. And I walk past all the people in line and they give me dirty looks when I just pick up my coffee and go about my business. The Starbucks by my house, and they really should be paying us for all this, is has still not opened the inside part again. Oh, no. So it's always like, 19 cars deep so it doesn't matter if you mobile order or not you're still waiting so i don't do it I we have one by us that's only mobile order you go inside huh? you, you it's can't. only to pick up you, your order yeah you cannot actually go in and order it's cool this one's a weird one the way that it's designed to go to where you have to park you have to go around the world but like the main entrance goes right into the drive-thru mm. and if the drive through is long you cannot get to where you can park Oof. stupid <laughs> I personally earned five Delta Sky Miles today getting oh. a beverage. <laughs> right on. So you've already linked yours? I have already linked it. And then my the linking bonus went, I was curious and I looked in my Delta account and it was pretty much instant. They gave me the yeah. 500 miles. Yep. Huh, that's cool. Pretty cool, that's right? And the double bonus stars, you don't have to use that at the airport. It's just on the day that you're booked to travel with Delta you get double stars. So you could stop at the Starbucks on the oh. way to the airport if you wanted to. Need I'm to traveling tomorrow. When I get off the plane at the MCO. That too. That too. I'm, I'm heading out tomorrow. I will be stopping and getting some bonus stars. <laughs> there you go. Well, speaking of bonus perks for travelers, Hilton Hotels have just announced that very soon, every single Hilton across the U.S., that's 5,000 hotels and more, are going to have a Peloton bike in their fitness center. One? It's just, not, yes. A single. One for that one wow. guy well, who wants at to least Peloton one Peloton on vacation. Bike. Yeah. 
That's cool. Yeah. I, I'm guessing this is more for like the business travelers who want to continue their workouts. I know Whether leisure travelers. Traveling. Yeah, I do know some. Yeah. And they're crazy. Yeah. Well, plus, Peloton people are barely one step below uh, uh, that thing called CrossFit people oh, when yes. it comes to the cult-like status and making sure that people know that they Peloton. So they're not doing Peloton's not doing well since the pandemic has wound down. They were raking in the bucks during the pandemic uh-huh. when gyms were closed and now no one's buying well, them. They're two thousand dollars to buy, which is pricey, but they're good yep. machines. But then you have to pay the monthly thing to have the stuff. So that's yeah. the part that chaps. And my if ass. you do like that and you're into it and you use it, then it's great. But you yeah. gotta be into it and want to use I it. Think you it turns can, you into can. a very expensive clothes hanger for life. But you can use it without subscribing. You don't yeah, have to do their classes and stuff. But that's what I don't think I would use it without. Yeah, a I think that's what honest. motivates people. Do you have one, Dan? Yes, we have one. And you do the subscription and do the little group class things or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We well, have one, and it recently, made me remember that I hate them. It made you remember station. that it hurts your taint. We hate stationary bikes. Yeah. yeah, that's what that's the thing that's kept me from getting back on it because I've been off for a little while is knowing that's going to take me a good month to to toughen up down there <laughs> in the saddle area. <laughs> yeah, build up some taint. You have those padded taint pants. <laughs> have a pair of those. Taint pants. I can't believe we talked so much about my taint on this episode. (laughs) You do have a long, luxurious taint. Good times. Thanks. Deny it on taint talk. (laughs) Long and luxurious. I don't even know what that means. Well, luxury. Let's talk about luxury for a minute. The U.S. about luxury. Yeah, the uh, the, taint. The U.S. (laughs) When I think of luxury, I think of somebody else doing the work for me and taking care of my room and cleaning it. At a luxurious hotel. It's and, my uh, favorite thing about hotels. Well, yeah, one of it's them, pretty nice. Having That's someone else make From my what bed. I remember, but we've got some news that the U.S. plans on doubling the number of H-2B visas, temporary work visas available for the year 2023. I need Disney to stop saying that this is the reason that they're not bringing back daily housekeeping. That it's yeah. because it, once this happens, don't tell me you can't get enough people. You're just yep. doing it because it, you're cheap. They're cheap. You're being cheap. It's been the reason behind a lot of things. That like literally every other hotel yeah. yes. and hotel chain does daily house cleaning. Everywhere I've stayed in at least the last six months, apart from Disney, has brought it back. And yeah. Disney has selectively brought it back. Club level rooms do get daily housekeeping now at most of the resorts, but. But even at a non-club level room at one of their yes. deluxe resorts, which can be seven to nine hundred dollars exactly. a night for a standard room, th- you're getting your bed changed every four days and your laundry or whatever every two Trash days. Trash taken like, out, yeah. Break. And that that's been spotty at best at the value and moderates. They mm-hmm. most people are noticing that they're not even getting their trash taken out or which their is towels a real refreshed. Problem. It's terrible. That trash piles up, especially if you're in, if you're doing takeout meals from yes. the which hotel, happens a lot at value, especially at value resorts. Uh huh. 
If you've got six people in a family suite at Art of Animation and they're not taking your trash away. <laughs> people buying souvenirs it's, and kids buying toys and costumes. Yeah. And it's a lot of trash. And let me tell you, people who have paid a lot of money, and let's face it, the value resorts are expensive now too. Mm-hmm. If they have paid a lot of money for that room, what they're going to do with their trash is just chuck it out in the hall because they don't feel that they should have to deal with it in their room. And I then agree. the whole resort looks gross. It's time. It is time to bring it back. It's, but it's where did ridiculous. everybody go? Because it was all, mostly it was foreign workers. They didn't limit. I don't know where they all went. I honestly, I think it's cost cutting. They laid them all off during the pandemic and they don't want to bring them back in spite of the record breaking crowds and their price increases. And well, that's what she said. Record breaking crowds are still going. So why? Yep. Why pay for exactly. something if they don't, if they can get away yeah. with not trained us to accept the lower level of service Yeah, for a higher price. They've just trained me to go to the JW Marriott. Exactly. <laughs> I was just about to say that our last few trips there, we have stayed at very nice properties right adjacent to Walt Disney World that are much less expensive and have much higher service. And I hate to say it, but that far better rooms and restaurants yeah, for less money. So that there's something has got to give soon at some point. But at least they took away the benefits break. of staying on site. Yeah. <laughs> That's always a plus. I and think you those, have to pay to park I, there. Yeah. I think they're going to start finding, particularly with the latest round of increases that, they're going to have to start bringing back those on-site benefits. They're just going to have to. Well, yeah. And it's coming right at the time when people are starting to come down off of the revenge travel high. Yes, exactly. It's not the time to be there. It's really not to, sustainable. It's one thing when they're going to throw their money at you no matter what. <laughs> I love those times. <laughs> but I think those times are coming to an end. It's been a good run, guys. Yeah. Well, there's always a... A certain number of people who are in that mode. Of course. Yeah. God bless them. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to tell you something about the future. Ooh, oh, I'd yeah. love to hear it. Is it so bright you have to wear shades? Hell yeah. <laughs> you know it. Well, the first ever all-electric passenger airplane oh, made cool. its first flight on September 27th in the state of Washington. That's cool. Flight flight reached an altitude of 3,500 feet and flew for a whopping eight minutes. Eight minutes. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Do they have superchargers every so often up in the <laughs> air for them to? Yeah. The plane can be used for cargo or people, and it can hold up to nine passengers and two crew members. Did you hear about the partnership that Delta Airlines is just entered into to fly people to and from the airport in these things? Is this the same aircraft? That yeah, they're- it's so they're they just entered into a partnership with Joby that yeah. are that makes these vertical takeoff electric yeah. vehicles. And they're starting in New York and Los Angeles in 2024. And it's going to be a way for people to get to the airport. So if you're, you've got a flight out of LAX, you can this take is for one of these people that just have more money than time. Yes, that's yeah, correct. These ones are cool. These ones are a little bit different. These are the, the first one would look more like a plane. This one is like a hybrid helicopter. It's yeah, like one of those Harrier like jump jets yeah. with with uh, rotating 
the engines to start mm-hmm. upward, so it does a vertical takeoff and landing. Yeah, but, and they yeah. they haven't really said what it's going to cost for this shuttle <laughs> At least service. Thirty dollars, yeah. but I expect it won't be cheap. Yeah. You have to do ride share, which is the thing. So they got to pick up everybody from their roof all through New Manhattan. Well, it's cool, though, that you could, I don't know exactly what area they could fly these things into, but they are saying that it would pick you up at your house uh-huh. and take you to the airport. That's I mean, crazy. That's crazy. I, yeah. I want <laughs> to do cool. it. Yeah. Holds up too. to four passengers. Huh. I bet that's at least 12 bucks. And Probably. it says, too, that a couple other airlines, United and Hawaiian, have invested in some small four-seat electric aircraft for doing similar things. They're like Ooh. flying taxis. That'd be cool at some of these far-reach resorts in, like, Jamaica, where you have to drive oh, absolutely. an yeah. hour plus to get to your resort from the airport. If they could yeah. get a shuttle size one of these things, it would just take everybody. Well, do you remember we talked about about a year ago? There was a company that wants to bring dirigibles back, blimp oh, flights. Yeah. They want to blimps. have the luxury blimps to take you to those remote resorts. Cool. Yeah, they seem fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll pick you up six hours. Before I don't know. Your this feels like a step towards flying cars, you guys. I like it. Yeah, they have those. They're like a big drone, essentially. Like a quadcopter drone that's a single or two-person. Cool. One of these things you can fly yourself. Why don't you have one? Well, they're like $3 million. Oh, okay. <laughs> Drop in the bucket. Yeah. No, I have no idea what they cost, but more than I have. <laughs> well, I'd like to read this next story to you, but it's behind a Washington Post paywall, so I'm going to let Heather talk about another method of transportation that we could try out if you're not into the electronic planes. Yeah, I saw that. This article come up and it is about a sleepover bus that goes from this one that they tried out was from Washington, D.C. to Nashville. Mm. It's called the Napa Way. And the pictures of the inside of this bus actually look pretty cool. The pods look a lot like first class business class seats on an international flight and they lay flat. So that you can lay down and sleep on a bus. I don't know. I can't decide whether I would want to do this or not. Depends on who else is on there with me. Yeah, this is fair. As last time <laughs> I rode a bus, it was from Huntsville, Alabama to Gainesville, Florida. And I can tell you, I was not going to be closing my eyes and laying down around those people. <laughs> I think this is aimed at a different clientele. Could be, yeah. It seems like it. And I guess it's really for people who are don't like to fly. It's not that expensive it's about it was 125 dollars to do the dc to nashville run that this travel writer did so that's not it's not terrible by comparison the one-way flight home was 250 and the lay flat seat is pretty impressive it's a lot like like i said like a business class seat a little bit more narrow but yeah if it's got wi-fi and nice and whatever be pretty cool I don't know. I'm not sure why it's that. I guess if you were going to do like a red eye type of thing, if you needed to be at a meeting and you could arrive in whatever yeah, city by exactly eight, that could be cool. Yeah, that's exactly what it's designed to do is it, it goes overnight. What I do know is you get in some crazy traffic on the roads you don't in the sky. That's true. Yeah, this is true. 
But you also don't fall out of a road to a no, lower road. But buses probably crash more often than planes. That's true. I know. I knew it was stupid before it even came out of my mouth, but <laughs> I've got a track record to keep up with here. Okay. <laughs> well, and they say that this company is called Napaway, and they say that they are marketing. It is a luxury bus experience. So they are trying to go for that luxury business traveler kind of market and not the greyhound market that you may be familiar with. Uh, so I, I don't know. I guess I'd be willing to give it a try if it's, yeah. if I couldn't, but I don't know if it's, if I'm going from DC to Nashville, I'm just the person who's going to fly. But. Well, if you could wake up at Disney world, like if you could go, if I could go from here to yeah, Disney World or wake up and I'm there somewhere like that where you don't, or any big city where you don't really need your own car. You can take yeah. transportation. That'd be kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, I might try it. I'd do it. As it even comes with the little amenity kit, like first class with a, uh, an, a toothbrush, some toothpaste, earplugs, and an eye mask. I don't mind a road trip, but you just get tired of driving and sitting in yes. that same position. You got your good tunes and can chill. Yeah, and it says it's equipped with Wi-Fi. So. Lights while you're on it. <laughs> Sounds better than flying on United Air, American Airlines. <laughs> Sounds better than flying That's on fair. American Airlines or Spirit. Yeah, yes. and I guess also if you need to make a trip often for work and you want something cheaper than having to fly all the time, give yeah, it a try. Just I think don't you know. Get it eleven looks, hours worth of work done. It looks nice. I might be willing to try it once. Yeah. Well, right now they're only operating between Washington, D.C. and Nashville, but looking to hopefully expand. So that's a weird keep an eye on it. It, Isn't it an odd combo? Yeah. How many people are making that trip? Yeah. I don't know. Often enough to make it worth. That's for all those country music singing politicians. (laughs) Yes. Always making that that trip to and fro. The country music singers who are going out to lobby their congressmen. Yeah, it doesn't really say why they chose those two cities, just that they are planning to expand. I would have thought more like maybe between Washington and New York or places. Mm -hmm. I guess it it would make a lot of sense for uh, folks in the House of Representatives who need to travel between Washington and back home to their district. Save the taxpayers a few bucks. Yeah, they're always looking to do that. I'm not sure they are. (laughs) Almost as scary as the idea of all those being stuck in a bus with all those (laughs) those Washington, (laughs) D.C. politicians headed back to Nashville. Country singing politicians. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a list from Vice of the spookiest places to rent Airbnbs for Halloween. Some of these are pretty cool. You can rent an entire house in Salem, Massachusetts, and they say it's guaranteed to be haunted. We'll see. It's only $688 a night and sleeps up to 12. It's it's this. The Airbnb listing says that it's haunted by a maid named Sarah who probably just wants her overtime checks. That's hilarious. (laughs) It's a very pretty little house. That's cute. It's cute. It's called the Henry Derby House in Salem, Massachusetts. Spooky, guaranteed to be haunted. Or if that's not your thing, you could go for a really cute, rustic-looking 
cabin in New York that's located next to a village of psychics. Oh. And it's only a hundred bucks a night. There's a steal, but it's also. It's tiny. It's like a tiny house. It's, yes. It looks cute. It's a tin roof love shack right there. It does look very cute. And if you're. Tin roof. Rusted. If you're looking for a little fun, you can go down the street to the, what they call the Vegas Strip of Psychics. (laughs) (laughs) yeah like carnival barkers but they're like you're gonna die yes (laughs) it's so weird he's gonna leave you or what about a haunted new orleans french quarter mansion yes this looks pretty cool where did that come from right up my alley why do we say that i am not i think it's a euphemism for something else Probably. This French Quarter mansion is only $239 a night on Airbnb, and it may be haunted. Just for the whole mansion? With yeah. a courtyard. See, yeah. that's a crazy thing. It, well, it's a small mansion. It only it sleeps, sleeps up to four up to people. Two. Yeah, it sleeps up to four. Yeah. Oh, oh there's another yeah. mansion. Yeah, there's two mansions in New Orleans. Mansions yeah, just here. below it, I see this. Oh, yeah. Two. That one above it sleeps only two. It's and it's haunted by a young girl in a yellow dress. I think you're just, I think that one, you're just renting a room in their house. Yeah, I got to see that. But check out this Airbnb that's a recreation of the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Yeah. I want that. It's in Fullerton, California, and the whole thing is painstakingly decorated to look like the Haunted Mansion. Sleeps up to eight and is only $744 a night. Well, oh, so wow. It's got a, a round dining room that's made to look like the stretching room. It looks pretty cool. Oh, it's got a Madame Leota bedroom with floating musical instruments. It's got <sighs> the ravens with glowing red eyes. That quotes them nevermore. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's got the wallpaper with glowing eyes and recreations. It of looks the, uh, really cool. I'd, I'd sleep there. Where is that? Once. Fullerton, California. I have no idea where that is. Is it near anything cool? Hey, Google. Oh, I don't have one of those. Well, if if honky tonk is more your style, there's also an Airbnb in Texas ah. that's haunted by honky tonk ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear their spurs a clink. That's right. The Haunted Magnolia B&B. Apparently this place has been featured on a lot of paranormal activity TV shows. Ghost Adventures, Ghost Brothers, and Paranormal Caught on Camera. Wow. Ooh, and it's just an hour drive from Austin. Oh, here's something fun. It was a former brothel. Maybe it's... Haunted by prostitutes, yes. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Ghost hose. Ghosts and hose. Ghosts and hose. hose. This next one, this next one is our hometown or our home state. It is. It's a a haunted mental hospital. Oof. Wait, is this the one y'all talked about before? In Traverse City. This is a different one. one. Yeah, it's been converted into apartments. So this is just a listing for one of the apartments, 200 bucks for sleeps up to two. They're really nice apartments too. If you click on over to the listing, jeepers. It does look really nice. 13 foot ceilings. Huh. Balcony overlooking the grounds. I would sleep there. Sure. I don't like haunted. You don't want to sleep somewhere haunted? 
No, I like the haunted man and chin decoration. Yeah, that I don't one want like cool. if there was a real ghost, I would poodle in my pants. <laughs> well, the good news is ghosts aren't real. Yes. Know. Here's another haunted brothel in Colorado. <laughs> I knew that yeah, the Black Monarch. My nickname in high school. Oh, funny. This place was rebuilt after a fire, and it was wired up with electricity by Nikolai Tesla himself. Huh. Cool. It's crazy, too, because this is for the whole house. It's just always crazy. Six up to to 16. Yeah, it's always crazy to me when you've got, like, these giant old buildings that they... uh, that they let you rent the entire thing up. Yeah, it says it's haunted by the ghost of a local miner who died in a gunfight. Maybe he was fighting over one of the prostitutes. Meanwhile, a hotel room with no housekeeping is $900 (laughs) a night at Disney. (laughs) That's what's really spooky. (laughs) Marinate on that for a little. Yeah, there's. it seems like there's a... Oh, snap. The hotel from The Shining is on Airbnb? Oh. Oh no, it says it is not on Airbnb, but the Stanley Hotel is too classic to pass up. Yep, you can stay. Okay, I would absolutely stay there. Yeah, for sure. So fun. Yeah. Oh, there's no AC, so you'd have to go in the fall or winter. Not in the winter. AC. Oh. I mean, <laughs> I'll go stay there in the winter. You'd have to You'd have to stay there the whole winter. I've this always place looks really cool. Here. I would love to see it. Well, we should post this on our Facebook page and website because there's some really great spooky places that you can stay. Yeah, I might give you an idea for, for a quick getaway. A getaway to a haunted brothel. Before- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I swear, baby, it was haunted. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, well, I'm going to say thanks for hanging out with us again for our weekly news roundup. If you want to take a flight in an electric plane or explore anywhere else around the world, Key to the World Travel has a haunted vacation rental full of expert travel planners who are ready to make your vacation dreams a reality. Head to www.keytotheworldtravel.com to get started with the no obligation quote. Don't forget to catch up with our friend, the theme park professor, for all the latest theme park news and tips themeparkprofessor.com Word of mouth is the best way to help us grow our show If you have a friend or two who you think would appreciate our special brand of globetrotting jackassery tell them what makes our show so great and send them our way You can find links to subscribe to the show on your favorite apps and all the latest updates at www.goldkeyadventurers.com We can't wait to hang out with you again later this week We'll see you real soon Bye guys Goodbye everybody And thank you for the pleasure of your time (laughs) Privilege To ask a question or share your travel story, you can reach us by smoke signal, carrier pigeon, or send an email to goldkeyadventurers at gmail.com. And make sure you follow the Gold Key Adventure Society on Facebook and Instagram. A huge thanks to our sponsor, Key to the World Travel. For all your travel planning needs, visit www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a free quote and help planning the trip of a lifetime. Tell them the gold key adventurers sent you. That's www.keytotheworldtravel.com. Key to the World Travel, your key to a magical vacation. Thanks to Outer Vibe for the use of their song Hoka Hey for the intro and outro of our show. Find them on Facebook at The Outer Vibe or check out www.outervibe.com for tour dates, music, merch, and more. 
we'll see you next week for another meeting of the Gold Key Adventurers Society. And until then, remember, life is short and the world is wide. So go have an adventure.